0: welcome to the land of etheria season one the shattering episode 19 the botanist and the dianthus root once upon a time in the land of etheria there was a princess nea and a princess lulu and they went on the most amazing adventures Nea, Lulu, Darius, Rose, and Flix had just saved Fiamma, the fairy, but were ambushed by some unexpected visitors in an old, abandoned elven keep on the edge of Boxley Wild. As they were packing up and heading out of Hummingwood, they were approached by an old friend. Tuck! the princesses said together. Darius smiled at the powerful lion. Princesses. I fear time is running out. Darius, did you find Fiamma? We did. And the wood? Darius shook his head. We got a little sidetracked and ambushed by an elf, troll, ogre, and a boy. So we weren't able to get the ore-grown wood. And how is Fiamma? She's quite shaken, but recovering. Tuck paced around the travelers, working through this in his head. Flicks of the Shattered Wood, I will need you to stay with Fiamma until she is well. We need her well for the upcoming battle. You must find the ore-grown wood. The rest of you, Princess Blue of Alamia is in need of some magic Dianthus roots for the Tarturians. Joe knows how to find some on Mount Willow, and they will only be soft for a couple more days. You will need to gather at least a dozen, and quickly." Before they had time to agree, Tuck leapt past them in the opposite direction. They said goodbye for now. Flix headed back to Hummingwood to watch Fiamma, while Darius traveled back north with the princesses to Timberbrook, where Joe's cottage was. When they got there, they were surprised to find that she was gone. But instead, the three dwarves with their brown crystal were there, Elefania, Potifania and Jacob, and they were making themselves right at home. "'What are you three doing here? Shouldn't you be out trying to heal Etheria?' "'We could ask you the same thing, Missy,' said Jacob, looking at Nea. "'And Missy,' now looking at Lulu. "'We have been. Well, kind of. We found the other Tyranian crystal,' Nea said. "'Princess Lulu pulled the lifeless green crystal out of her pocket. "'And we almost had the black crystal,' added Darius.' where's joe asked lulu looking around oh she's not doing well said Potifanya, shaking his head not well at all she's got a broken heart said elefania a big broken heart continued Potifanya. no thanks to you four jacob said pointing to nea lulu darius and rose what did we do asked nea well uh, ev- everything she's lonely you see That's enough of all this, Darius jumped in. Where did she go? We need her help to find some Dianthus root. The dwarves all looked at each other. She goes to a meadow on the far side of Drayson's basin. So the group set out for the meadow, but not five minutes into their journey, they started to hear the growling of somebody's stomach. Now, this wasn't just any old stomach growl, but an extremely loud one. After the third growl, it became clear that it was Jacob. "'Are you hungry?' asked Nea, a little frustrated that they had to stop so soon. Jacob nodded. Luckily, they hadn't ventured too far out of Morinvale... yet, and stopped to get some food at a small cafe. When they entered the cafe, though, there were people sitting down who gave Darius and Rose a bunch of funny looks. They didn't like animals coming into places where humans ate. In some areas of Etheria, there were animals that could talk. Uncommon animals, they called them. The uncommon animals, to protect themselves, made a point a long time ago to avoid most humans, and tried to avoid human affairs altogether. They kept to themselves to stay safe. Rose was a common animal, meaning that she could not talk. But still, animals were not welcome in establishments in general. It was a thing that most people didn't talk about. They just quietly did. Darius, having no other option or way of walking into a cafe, didn't follow this rule. And in certain parts of Etheria, it didn't matter. But in other parts, like Morinvale, it still did. Well, they all walked into the cafe and grabbed a table in the corner. The dwarves, upon realizing there was a rough crowd scowling at Darius and Rose, decided to say something about it is there something wrong with our friend here asked jacob the dwarves were about half the size of the humans but had a lot of courage jacob was joined by elefania and potifania who stood beside him while nea and lulu also stood up but closer to darius and rose just in case we don't like animals in our cafes here said one of the women sitting at the bar especially not bears said another sitting next to her "'Don't you realize who this is?' asked Potiphania. "'We don't care, and we don't very much care for dwarves either,' said the woman at the bar. Darius, sensing the anger and the pain in everybody's voice, had an idea. "'Wouldn't it be nice if people could be more open to dwarves and to animals? "'Why get angry about these things?' "'Is it just because we're different?' asked Darius. "'That seemed to stun everyone for a minute.' But although they were stunned for a second, that didn't stop them from getting angrier and louder. Yes, yes, it is. We remember what the Uncommon did to this village. We don't forget, said the man behind the table. Darius, sensing that the temperature was getting hotter and hotter inside the cafe, started to stabilize himself on Rose in case things got rough. Wait! Darius, your crystal! Lulu whispered and pointed to his pocket. Darius jolted Rose back, who immediately jumped on the table behind them by accident. And in doing so, she bumped Darius into the wall and smashed part of his harness, leaving him wobbling awkwardly. The audience in the cafe all laughed at him and his blunder. Darius pulled out his white crystal and concentrated on all the feelings in the room. The crystal started to spread ribbons of light around the room, winding in and out and through everyone's hearts. Slowly, the patrons of the cafe began to settle down and nonchalantly go back to their own discussions. "'Oh, dwarf,' said Jacob. "'That could have been fun.' At that moment, Joe came barging through the door of the cafe. "'Albert, where's my Vika juice?' she asked the bartender. "'I don't know, Joe.' She looked over and saw the princesses, Darius, Rose, and the dwarves. "'Joe!' they exclaimed. Well, "'What are you all doing here?' she asked. "'Trying to find you. "'We need your help to find some Dianthus root on Mount Willow. "'But we went to your cottage, and the dwarfs said you were heartbroken.' She looked directly at the dwarfs. They looked to the ground and made circles with their toes. "'Is everything okay?' asked Naya. "'Yes, everything is fine. "'Sometimes I just need a little alone time to think things through. "'Have you girls ever made a mistake before?' One that hurts someone's feelings? Someone you loved? I made that mistake once. And unfortunately, it's not one I can take back. Yeah, I have, said Darius. But that's when you have to apologize and reconcile. You know, make amends. Joe looked at him directly, and a little sadly. Darius, you broke your harness, Nea exclaimed. She was right. He was barely hanging on with his harness. "'We need to find someone who can fix it.' At that moment, Naya and Lulu both looked at each other. "'The inventor,' they both said at the same time. "'The inventor?' Joe asked. "'Of Sparland?' "'You know him?' Lulu said. She sighed. Darius realized he couldn't jeopardize Naya and Lulu's mission to protect Alamia. "'Princess Naya and Princess Lulu, you need to continue your journey.' Go with Joe to Mount Willow and find the roots. I'll only slow you down. Are you sure, Darius? Nea asked. Don't be silly. We'll go with Darius. We've spent plenty of time on Mount Willow, Jacob said, offering to help. Are you sure? Naya asked, addressing the dwarves. They all nodded their heads. Okay, tell the inventor what's going on, and once Darius' harness is fixed, meet us at Tortura Bay. The group split up. Nea, lulu and joe heading up to mount willow to find the dianthus root and darius eliphania Potiphania and jacob to find the inventor who could fix darius's harness when the princesses reached the base of mount willow lulu decided to ask joe something how did you learn so much about plants well you might say that being good with plants just came to me at that moment lulu slipped but caught herself before falling when she slipped, her pocket opened and exposed a strong beam of green light. They all stopped and looked at Joe. You're a keeper, Lulu said, of a Turanian crystal. Joe looked at the two princesses. I have been before. You knew? They asked. I had a feeling, she smiled, it's not the first time I've encountered that terranian crystal. They climbed the mountains and Joe explained that long ago, Etheria had been in trouble before. Her, along with Simon and others, had helped save Etheria then. They needed the crystals to stop a powerful darkness, just like today. There were others who wanted to use the crystals for evil. The two princesses told her about the tricky elf, the troll, the ogre, and the boy they ran to at the elven keep joe was a great listener and even though she was old enough to be their grandmother she was an excellent adventurer we're almost to the summit where the roots are she said you both must stay here trust me i must go this last part alone the dianthus roots are powerful and kept safe by a very special gardener up there the princesses looked in front of them on the path and were confused ahead of them the path completely stopped. They had arrived at a dead end, the edge of a cliff. A part of the path where they couldn't cross or get to the other side on foot. There was really nowhere to go without... And that's when Joe pulled out a magic Skyrabian feather. You're Skyrabian? asked Nea. Not quite, she smiled, then held the feather to her breast. Immediately, she started to grow the most beautiful white wings... Before the girls could say a word, she leapt from the cliff and soared into the sky, wings flapping back and forth. From Mount Willow, the princesses could see the Boxley Wild, Sparland, the Scattered Woods, and Mount Boulderhorn. It was truly beautiful. They could even see islands off the Torturian Sea they'd never seen before. Do you think we'd ever get to explore those areas? Nea asked. I hope so. Lulu said, and they both smiled. Twelve roots, Joe asked, once she returned. When she landed, she removed the feather from around her chest and put it back in her pocket. When she did, her wings slowly shrunk, then disappeared entirely. Yeah, twelve, Nea said. I grabbed a few extra, just in case. Jewel could probably use a few extra. Jewel? "'Excuse me, Lady Jewel of Alamia,' Joe corrected herself. "'You need these for the Torturians, right?' "'That's what Tuck said,' Naya asked. "'Well, she's the only one I know who knows how to use these.' "'They walked down the mountain and trekked to Tortura Bay. "'The princesses were surprised to learn that Joe had been on quite a few adventures over the years. "'She may have been older,' but she could still climb up and down a mountain and knew so much about plants and the land. When they got close to Tortura Bay, they were excited to see that Darius, Rose, and the dwarves were there. Luckily enough for them, the inventor was also there with his walking stick and a metal orb, ready to summon the Torturians. When the inventor looked over and saw the two princesses walking closer, his face turned pale at the sight of Joe hickory she said confused hickory didn't respond instead he took his metal key and knocked the orb of his walking stick and stuck it in the water summoning the torturians as they waited for an answer no one spoke a word joe looked in one direction and hickory looked in the other slowly the water started to move closer and closer up the beach and eventually princess blue and the older merman showed up with another mermaid and merman greetings king derecudon of alemia joe said bowing before his majesty greetings joe of timberbrook he responded back politely with a smile i presume these are for lady jewel asked joe motioning to the mermaid behind him he smiled and allowed joe to pass Joe walked into the waves and handed the roots to the mermaid. The beautiful mermaid bowed slightly, then smiled large and gave Joe a huge hug, quite out of character. Joe laughed a large belly laugh that was so contagious that before long everyone was laughing too. She laughed so hard she started to cry a little. After their embrace, Jule took the roots, stuffed them into her knapsack, and gave the king a thumbs up. It has been too long, Jules said to her old friend. You know, you and Clara are always welcome to come visit Alamia. Maybe once this new adventure slows down, Joe said, I think you are going to have your hands full. And she tapped the knapsack full of roots. So, uh, when do we get to put this crystal to work again? Asked Jacob, holding out the brown glowing crystal. Once we, uh, find the other training keeper. Hickory said, looking at Joe. Both Jewel and Derokudan looked at Joe too. Lulu decided now would be a good time to pull out the green golden crystal, signaling to everybody that Joe was a keeper. Joe sighed, looked at the dwarves, Lady Jewel, King Derokudan, Princess Blue, and the princesses, then gave a nervous smile. Okay, okay, are you dwarves ready to find the land ruins? And with that, the princesses had successfully found both the Terranian crystals and their keepers. Now all they needed to do was bring these keepers to the land ruins. What they didn't know was that there was a second Terranian keeper there in Tortura Bay that day with them as well. But that story is for another time. The end. The Land of Etheria is produced by a father-daughter team and made possible in part to its supporting fans. It's contributions from fans like you that keep the adventure going. If you enjoy The Land of Etheria and would like to see more episodes, please visit us at www.thelandofetheria.com and consider supporting the podcast. Thank you and have a great night.